Welcome to Chucking a Sickie. This week, I can't go to work because it's nearly the Jellicle Ball and I have to prepare so that I can make it into the Heaviside layer. I'm your host, Harry, and each episode, we invite a very special guest and go through their perfect day off. From the excuse they use to get off work to the song that sets the tone for the day, their favorite meal, and of course, their adventurous afternoon. A real-life Ferris Bueller's day off. We have a lot of exciting episodes coming up, from comedy superstars to bands, playwrights, actors, maybe even Rum Rum Tugger. But this week, we have the superb Scott Darlow. Scott is a Yorta Yorta musician who is known for his activism and advocacy. Scott is currently touring around Australia with over 30 different gigs in regional towns across the great land down under. And most of them are free. Scott's latest album, Deadly Heart, will be released on the 27th of October with the title track, Deadly Heart, already sweeping the nation. Make sure to catch Scott in one of his regional shows between now and the 27th of October, and a link to these shows is in the description below. Also, make sure to grab Scott's Deadly Heart album out on the 27th of October. As always, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. It really means a lot to us. But for now, pull out that thermometer and get ready to call your boss because it's time for Chucking a Sickie. <coughs> Chuck a Sickie. Scott, welcome to Chucking a Sickie. We're so excited to have you on the pod. Hey, thanks so much for having me, man. I'm really pumped to be here. Well, to start off your perfect sick day, we have to take you back to the worst job that you've ever had. So for <laughs> you, what has been your absolute worst job that you've ever had to do? Oh, man. So when I left high school, my dad goes to me, listen, son, you've got two choices. You get a job or you go to uni. And I thought, well, I'll get a job because money's great. So I got a job in a warehouse at Kmart, right, unloading trucks, loading the trucks, picking orders. And I lasted a week because I'm colour-pined and it was a colour-coded warehouse. Oh, God. So, okay. So dudes are coming up going, mate, can you get those nine <laughs> yellow boxes? I'm like, no, not really. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that'd be it. That's probably the worst job you could possibly have as someone that's colourblind. Yeah, now it wasn't great. It was, you know, it was, it was, it was a bit traumatic. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a week. I'm surprised you lasted that long. I no offense. I probably would have fired you after 24 hours. Well, yeah. I don't know. I just, I just was prepared to give it a go, and so I ended up at uni after that. So that was, that was yeah. what happened. <laughs> well, it seems to have worked out pretty well because at the moment you are a mu- musician touring all around the country, and I wanted to speak about your Deadly Heart tour. So. I think it's starting relatively soon when this has come out um you would be on that tour and you're doing something a bit different you're doing 28 free shows like they used to do in the old days what what sparked your desire to do this this huge 28 concert tour well it's actually more than 28 so we're adding dates as we go so they'll end up being oh my goodness probably, probably close to 40 i reckon by the time we're done but yeah <laughs> look it just it came about from talking to those older guys who were around in the 80s and they're like mate 80s we had you know in excess on one corner and men at work on the other and you know, and, and it's kind of like post-COVID, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a crazy time and there's a lot of, I don't know, I just wanted to get people together and bring them together and come out and have a beer. I've got a beer sponsor, which is amazing. I'm partnering with a company called Jarrah, Jarrah Boy Beers, which are an Aboriginal beer company, wholly Australian-owned. So your listeners, awesome. I don't know if they're aware, that, but, but most of the beers that you go and drink are owned by overseas conglomerates. Really? Even, even like the local ones? Mate, CUB got bought out, Lion Nathan's been bought out. Even, you know, um, Mountain Goat, which started out being a boutique brewery, has been bought out. Like, yeah. a lot of them have been brought out. But so you've got Jarraboy, which is all Indigenous ingredients, Australian-owned, 
and it tastes like bloody Jesus made it. That's how good it is. <laughs> uh, you know, so yeah, and it's just like, you know what, we all love getting out and having a frothy. Let's get out and have a Jaraboy and, and buddy hit the road together and, yeah, and just I mean, enjoy that's... some music. Yeah. It sounds pretty fantastic. I got to ask though, how did you choose, I guess, which pubs you wanted to play at? Because it's a lot of pub based concerts. How did, um, you, how did you pick yeah. them? Yeah, I, I, that sounds like a problem for my agent. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So these are the towns yeah. I want to go to make it happen. So bless him, he's, he's working hard at it. Yeah, that's great. And I'm sure there'll probably be a couple of stops at the Cattery uh, on your way through because oh, I know that you're a diehard Geelong fan. I wanted to bring it up at the start of the uh, at the podcast because yeah. um, I have a bit of resentment towards you. I unfortunately was yeah. there that fateful day last year as a Swans fan yeah. um, and it was very unpleasant to watch. I was uh, also there that day and I loved it. Yeah, what a surprise. Who would have thought? Yeah, <laughs> Such yeah, yeah. differing experiences of the same day. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? But um, no, that was a good one, mate. But, you know, look, when I was a young fellow, we lost a few of them. So, yeah, that's you know, true. I've been to out. See, yeah, I've been to see three in the, in the – I've seen three premierships in my lifetime in person. 2007, I was in America, so I didn't get to see that one. But, um, no, they are very special, the cats. It's, that's If you want people to like you, when they ask you who do you go for, you tell them Geelong. Uh, <laughs> Geelong cats. That's as the, the theme song it. says, mate, they're the greatest team of all. Yeah. And if you disagree with me, I'll fight you. <laughs> no, I, I would never disagree with you. Um, but this tour sounds really exciting. Obviously, it, it culminates at the end with the release of the new album, Deadly Heart. The single's already been dropped. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. Real, oh, real fan of this, uh, of oh, the, of the track. Kind. But you. also, it, it deals with some serious issues as well. I guess, what was the desire? You haven't released an album in a while. What was the, yeah. I guess, impetus behind this album? Well, yeah, so I had a song come out in 2020 called You Can't See Black in the Dark, and that was that did a lot of things, you know, it got played on the radio a lot. And So when it came out, I, Michael Gudinski rang me, who, and we've been mates for a while, and um, but Michael, who owns Mushroom Music and all of those things, and he rang me and said, look, I'm starting a new record label called Reclusive Records, and I'd like you to be the first artist I signed to it. So that was amazing, and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, we, we did yeah. that, and then, you know, as everyone knows, six months later, he passed away, so... Between him passing away unexpectedly and then the pandemic, it's just taken two years to get this record going. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's ready now, so it's, it's, it's exciting. I'm excited to put it out. Yeah, it seems very exciting. I've got to ask though as well, because um, you, you do some, you do a lot of work with different people. You've supported Jimmy Barnes, um, but in the new track that you've released, um, Hayley Mary uh, from the Jezebels uh, is obviously featured on the song. How was it working with, with Hayley? Dude, I've got to be honest with you. Hayley is the best rock and roll singer in this country. Like, people don't even know how good she is. Dude, you've got to see her live. She's like Stevie Nicks, but she's younger and she's cooler. She is yeah. phenomenal. And she's a freaking amazing human too. She's she's funny and she's very honest, sometimes brutally so. Um, but, yeah, she's just a great person. So, like, dude, it's like the best thing ever working with her. She's awesome. And how did you get in touch with each other? Was it just, like, connections through the uh, agents or...? No, no, no. So we'd done a songwriting hub for APRA. So APRA, Australian Performing Rights Association, put these songwriting hubs on where uh, people who are learning how to songwrite or want to become better songwriters can go and hang out with experienced songwriters. Um, and, yeah, she and I were mentoring a day and, and we just got chatting. I gave her a ride home. I only met her that day and I said, oh, do you, we were sort of far out. I said, do you need a, light, a lift? And I gave her a lift home and, and we were just chatting. I said, I've got this song that I want to collaborate on and she was like, with a female artist, she goes, I'll do it. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool, let's do it. And, and it was really that simple. It just was that organic and, and it happened. And she came into the studio and she just smashed it. It was really, you know, it was just yeah, easy. Fell into your lap in a way. Yeah, it really did. 
Yeah, and her vocals are fantastic on the track as well. Oh, gosh, she can sing. She yeah. can sing. Honestly. Yeah. Um, I understand as well that you do some performances in, in prisons. What's what's the reason behind that? Uh, well, look, I started going into prisons when I first started playing music. I played somewhere and somebody, and because I'm an Aboriginal artist, and somebody said, you know, we've got a lot of black kids in jail. Uh, and it turns out that we are the most overpopulated, like Indigenous Australians are the most incarcerated people on the planet per capita. And our juvenile prisons are full of Indigenous kids. Um, so I went in and that was over in Perth at a place called Bankshire Hill Detention Centre and I've just been going back ever since. Yeah, um, that's great. It's, yeah, and, and, you know, look, we are massively overrepresented and so I just go in to try to be a, a role model and encourage kids and, and, yeah, and just talk to them about the fact that out of all the achievements in my life, the number one thing I'm most proud of is that I finished high school and I went to uni. Yeah. You know, and that can be a pathway. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned uh, in some of the, the talks that you give that people should find what they're gifted for, but also what they're passionate about. And I think that combination of inspiring the next generation seems to be like a really strong message along with your acronym FLUTE. So I yeah. saw that, that was written down. What does FLUTE stand for? Yeah, so look, when I'm talking, because I do a lot of speaking in schools as well as a school teacher for a couple of years. So when I left the warehouse, I went and did education degree yeah. at uh, yeah. RMIT. Uh, and, you know, so now I sort of, I don't teach anymore, but I still spend a hundred days a year in high schools around Australia and talk about Aboriginal culture and reconciliation, but then challenge kids to change their community by the way they choose to encounter everybody around them. And, and how we do that is showing 10% more flute to every person you encounter deliberately. And it's an acronym stands for forgiveness, love, understanding, tolerance, and empathy. And so I spent a bit of time talking about how each of those five things can actually make a massive difference in your world personally and also in your community yeah i mean it's such a great acronym obviously schools have taken it on people are starting to use it as well yeah look absolutely i'm talking to my mate i'm talking to my mate as a lawyer about trademarking it so we'll, yeah uh, probably, probably not a bad idea that'll get done so shortly i think so yeah. yeah that's great well we're very excited for your upcoming tour but going back to your perfect sick day ah um, uh, yes now you, you're at Kmart, you're in the warehouse, you yeah, need an excuse yeah. to get out of work. What yeah, excuse would yeah. you use to chuck a sickie? Uh, fire burning diarrhea. <laughs> so it's not just normal diarrhea, it's got to be fire burning. No, it's got to be epic. It's, it's, you know what, I had some buffalo wings last night <laughs> and they are disagreeing with me and I need to do something about this. The, the specificity of the buffalo wings as well is just such like a, a it just visceral image. It, it sells it, yeah. It sounds like one of the worst nights you could have, or the worst mornings well, mate, rather. You know what? It's based in a bit of reality. So a few years ago, <laughs> I, went, I went with my best mate to Lake Tahoe. We were in, I was in America doing some stuff and, and we went to Lake Tahoe and we ended up at the Hard Rock Cafe and we closed the bar down and then the barman kept us in there when he kicked everyone else out and we drank with him and his mate and they pulled out some tequila and some old buffalo wings that had sat in the rotisserie for far too long. Yeah. And it was a, look, it was not a good situation the next day. No, so. that sounds awful. As soon as you hear old buffalo wings, nothing about that is appealing, but I'd still eat it. Nah. Oh, and we did. And, we did. <laughs> and uh, nothing. There's nothing that good comes out of two a.m. Buffalo wings and tequila. It's no. never a good, never a good combination. <laughs> that is definitely for sure. <coughs> now you've gotten out of work for today, okay? So you've, the excuse it's flown, it's worked. You don't have to go to Kmart and I, I guess essentially be discriminated against. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but. It's not a big night, it's a big day. So Baraka Performance, they haven't sponsored us yet, but I'm sure they will someday. Because um, what would be your pump-up song to start off the day just right? Uh, 
probably anything by the Black Crows, who are my favourite band. Um, so I'm probably going to just throw a bit of Jealous again on. Yeah, okay. Which is just a great, it's a great song. So we'll get that going, yeah. Yeah, to start off the day just right. Now, have you ever tried, I, I don't know, are the Black Crows still around? Mate, just I'm, slap yourself in the face. And, I, I and will. Then you, and then put yourself in the bin. They are an amazing story. So they're two brothers, Chris yeah. and Rich Robertson. Uh, they didn't play for about 10 years because they were like Oasis. They couldn't get along. Oh, really? And then I think their accountant must have had a word to them and said, you need some money. <laughs> so they reformed and they came. They played in Australia in November and I went to the Brisbane show and I went to the Melbourne show. Probably the best rock and roll show I've ever seen was the Brisbane show. And um, yeah, and they get up there on stage together and they're just awesome. Yeah, that's great. I feel like maybe one day it'll happen for Oasis, but uh, probably, probably oh, I not. I know that it will, mate. I'm just, I keep, I I keep hoping, you know, and I don't yeah. even know it. Every interview seems to suggest there's no no coming back from that. Now, I saw Matty Healy from the 1927 go, he give this little spiel, and he goes, look, imagine being in the coolest band in the world, and you could be headlining Glastonbury, but you're not because you're fighting with your brother. <laughs> yeah. Stop it, you know. And then Noel yeah. Bella can come out and goes, mate, just you should pull your band apart because you're rubbish. So, <laughs> Oh, jeez. Harsh words. Yeah. yeah, so there's a bit of a, you know, I don't think they're going to do it. Okay, but I'm glad the Black Crows are uh, together again. So you saw them recently? I saw them in November and it was one of the greatest nights of my life. Yeah, is there any chance at all that you could work with them in the future? Can we make this happen? Do you know what? When they announced the tour, I rang my agent. I said, I don't care who you have to bribe. Get me on that show. (laughs) And I didn't get it. Some other band got it and and we would have been better. But hey, what are you going to do? I was spewing, mate. I was dead set. I was spewing. I was spewing. I can only imagine. Hopefully next time they come, you'll be front and center. So when they play Jealous again, you can well, bro, come on they're stage. Actually, so Aerosmith just announced their final ever tour and the Black Crows are doing that tour as the opener on that. Oh, wow. Okay. All, all over the US. So I'm seriously contemplating buying tickets to the LA show on December the 7th and flying out for that. that I think that's a great idea. Yeah, because I want to see Aerosmith as well. So, you know. Yeah, but is it their last tour ever like the same way Elton John does or is it actually their last tour ever? Well, Steve Tyler's got a lawsuit against him for buddy doing the wrong thing with an underage girl when he was, you know, many years ago now. So he, yeah, it might be there. Probably last will tour. be their last tour in that case if the law is getting yeah. involved. Yeah. Are there, yeah, it's, it's getting hectic. I know for you as well, um, as a musician, you've obviously collaborated and, and worked with a lot of people. But one of yep. the things that you've spoken about is supporting Jimmy Barnes and how he watched the show. Uh, was there anyone yeah. else that you that you've I don't I don't know supported or worked with that yeah. has really surprised you in in terms of just how down to earth they were? You know they say you should never meet your heroes, and for large parts of this industry that is true. But I will say Jimmy was awesome, by the way. Uh, but I'll say that the boys in the in in a band called Eskimo Joe, who you know Eskimo Joe. Yeah, I know Eskimo Joe. They are some of the best humans alive, and um, yeah, there's not an ounce of rock star or no, they're just good dudes and, um, yeah, become some, some really good mates. So, yeah, they, they'd be at the top of my list. Yeah. Well, I know that you work with Joel as well, who's obviously part of Eskimo Joe and, and have done some sessions with him too. So I can only imagine what has come out of that and how incredible that would have been. Yeah. I mean, look, that's been good. Joel Joel and I, so it turns out we went to the same high school a few years apart from each other. Oh, wow. So small a lot of, yeah, world. but he's, yeah, it really is a small world. But he, him and I become very good mates and so... Essentially, now when I write, I'll write a bunch of songs and then I'll go and sit with Joel and he'll tell me all the different ways that make those songs crap. And, <laughs> and usually it's my lyrics. 
yeah. and he will he will then will then car right and finish together and and then he produces for me as well. So he but he, he's very talented. He's he's really you know. But then I, I've had, had songs I've had to radio uh, that I've written with Cav Templey as well. So from that band, so Cav and I have kind of collaborated together. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I do say you've got to have someone in your life that says, hey, that's a bit crap. We can make it better because you just don't want to be surrounded by yes men. hundred uh, percent. You know, one of the best things that ever happened to me was, you know, I'd had a couple of songs added to radio and I was quite happy with myself and then nothing happened for quite a while and I couldn't get any traction. And Jane Gazzo, who's a fantastic music um, journalist, sat me down one day. She goes, you need to write better songs, you know. <laughs> You, you've got to write yeah, better songs. Blunt. And it was brutal. But, you know, that was the impetus. I, I reached out to Cav on, D, on on Insta on his DMs and said, hey, uh, can we write together? And, and we wrote a song together called Forgotten Australia. And, um, you know, and from there I had more songs get added and then I wrote with Diesel and that song got added. And, you know, so it's sort of it was a really good thing yeah. in the end from Jane that she did for me. Yeah, I mean, that's great. I, I know that a lot of your music as well, you're a very proud Yorta Yorta man and a lot of your work is... Act advocacy as well um and you've played in concerts and, and that type of thing how how have you so far found that your music has been able to i guess shape the conversation in relation to first nations people well, i think what it does is it you know like i mean you gotta think about from my perspective getting songs out on a commercial network like triple m which is typically a male aussie blokey station you know, and I'm yeah. on there singing songs like, you know, the lyric in, they added a song that I wrote called Sorry, where it talks about genocide and I play and sing language and they played it all over the country. Yeah. You know? So I think, you know, it's that's, incredible. it's an, it's a pretty humbling experience to know that you are in some small way educating people via a medium that is relevant to them. Yeah, definitely. <coughs> Going back to that, that day. So you've, you've got the song, you're pumped up. Now you've got to have your perfect meal. So where would you go in your local area for your perfect lunch or brunch or meal? Do I, can I, can I have multiple meals? Yeah. If you want to, I'll allow it. All right. All right. So breakfast, I'm in Melbourne. I'm going to secret kitchen for some Chinese yum cha. You're starting off breakfast is yum cha. Correct. Okay. Have you done this I'm, in, in real life? You know, I have. <laughs> I'm dominating some dumplings, some Chinese jasmine tea. It's amazing. That, I mean, that sounds like a, a heavy start to the day. I feel like yum char is also like a multi-hour experience. It's not just like a quick thing well, where you're in and out I'll in tell 10 you minutes. What the, I'll tell you what the key is, right? You're going to be tempted to want to eat everything and lots of it, but you've yeah. got to be real specific and just have a little bit of the things you like. Yeah, that's true. So... But I can't. As soon as it comes out, I just want everything on the table. Yeah, but you can't because you're going to go to Ligon Street and have some pasta for lunch. Okay. So where in Ligon Street are you getting your pasta from? You're going to, you're going to Papa Gino's and you're having pizza there. Now, Papa Gino's was started in the 1950s by Gino. His three sons now run it. I'm a pizza connoisseur and I'm telling you, it's the best pizza I've had anywhere in the world except for Naples in Italy, which was better. Okay. What do you have on your pizza? So they do a Gino special. Yeah. And it's anchovies, it's uh, some ham, some mushrooms, some a uh, little bit of chili. It is, mate, it's next it's level. It's the lot. Yeah. It's well, the it's lot. not the lot. It's a bit of capsicum. It's sort of, you know, a little bit of veggie, but some ham, and then just the, the anchovies make it. The anchovies really tight together. I've got to say, meat and fish on the same pizza sounds like an aberration, uh, but Gino knows what he's doing. Mate, Gino knows more than you, all right? Yeah, so you that is for sure. That. You remember that when you go to bed tonight? 
Yeah. And have you been to Naples and had the pizza? I have, there? yeah. No, best pizza I've had in the world was in Naples, sitting on the beach at a restaurant with my family. Uh, and we drove from Naples all the way up to the Vatican City, up to Venice, and sampled pizza wherever we went. Yeah, that's a great way to do a holiday in Italy, that's for sure. It was not terrible. I'm not going to lie. It was actually pretty good. If you could eat anywhere in the world, if you could have a meal anywhere in the world, would would pizza from Naples be top of the list? Oh, it'd be up there, but um, I do love... So I grew up in Hong Kong for a few years, so uh, some genuine street food in Hong Kong would be up there as well. So you've got Secret Kitchen, Papa Gino's. Is that it for, for the meal no, or do you have no, more? No, okay. dinner. <laughs> oh, dinner is what's going to do. Yeah. Now it depends how hungry you are. If you've had a big go at it during the day, you're going to go to you're going to go to Stalactites, uh, which is a Greek restaurant. It's open twenty. It's open overnight. It's twenty four hour. It's on the corner of Lonsdale. It's right in the city. It's a Greek restaurant. It's been there for forever. You're going to go and you're going to have the mixed euros. You're going to have the, the lamb and the chicken, but you're also going to have some homemade dolmatis, which is like the rice wrapped in vine leaf. Yeah. And you're going to have some saganaki. And you're going to smash a few Jaraboy beers while you do it. Yeah, you've got to. I've got to say, I think halloumi is better known than Saganaki, but I, I reckon Saganaki is where it's at. Well, Saganaki's the legit, that's the OG. Halloumi's like what you, what you get when you can't get your hands on Saganaki. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's a big day of eating. I'm, well, that's, I'm that's, really your impressed. Option. that's your option if, you're not, if, if you like a little bit not that hungry. If you're hungry and you really want to have a go at it, you're going to take yourself into Crown. And you're going to drop the 80 bucks on the buffet. Okay. So Crown Buffet, what are they serving? Is it a bit of everything? Is like different cultures? Oh, mate. You're at the conservatory, so it's splash. Yeah. But you're going to start with the seafood. They've got some fantastic fresh seafood. And then you're going to make your way around for a little bit of sushi. And then you're going to hit the carvery. You're going to smash some prime rib. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of roast lamb. You know, don't load up on potatoes. Don't worry about the potatoes. Don't carb load. That's stupid. You know, it's like when we were kids, we go to Sizzler and we try to have the cheese bread. My dad would smack us. Don't fill up on that cheese bread. Yeah. Don't fill up on the... You learn it very quickly, that's for sure. Don't fill up on the potatoes or the rice at at Crown. Don't do that. So, yeah, seafood and then the dessert bar. You just go berserk. Well, yeah, that's all. If there's any space left in your stomach, everyone knows you have a second stomach for dessert. You absolutely go ham on the dessert bar. Yeah, you're you're on the chocolate fountain. And you're smashing that with some pineapple and you've got some <laughs> buddy soft serve with the snakes in it. That's all. It's just, and there's a couple of little eclairs, some baked goods. Anyway, I'm getting hungry talking about this it. This is definitely not your first rodeo at the Crown Casino uh, Buffet. That's for sure. I think you, you sound like an expert. Uh, yeah, I am. I'm gifted at it. But then again, mate, maybe you want to go to Vlado's Steakhouse in Richmond. Oh, my God. They have their own farm where they ta- farm to take. Oh, look, Melbourne, you got to get Melbourne for food it's just uh it's it's unparalleled yeah look this is the day because it's your perfect day we're gonna say it's bottomless so you really can go to all these places i, I might have afternoon tea at blato's okay <laughs> afternoon tea at a steakhouse prime, prime rib and it just comes out <laughs> with some greens on the side just but no carbs because we know we can't carbo load no we cannot carb no carbs carbs are wasted yeah. <laughs> well this is this is a huge meal but we're saying that you've still got heaps of energy even after eating all this food. And, and like Ferris Bueller, you've got to do a perfect uh, you're going to do a perfect afternoon activity. So if you could do anything with anyone, what would you do for your perfect afternoon? Well, is this show PG, or is it? Is uh, it, it is. It's whatever you want it to be. It doesn't. It's not normally PG. <laughs> well, mate, if it's my perfect afternoon, 
I'm going to ring my wife and go, listen, the kids are at school. <laughs> I'll be home in 10 minutes. Okay. Maybe let's choose a different option. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, we can have that as well. We can have that as well. Okay. All right. Well, just for you, I think... Now, you know what I'd, You know what would be? It'd be, I'm going to mm-hmm. go out to Urban Surf and have an Arvo session. Okay. What's Urban Surf, I'm assuming, is... Urban Surf is a surf park in Tullamarine. So is this the indoor surfing? Yeah, it's a wave pool. So basically, okay. you, you can surf there. Yeah. I've never been. I've always seen those things. I'm based in Sydney, so... Well, they've got one. They've, they've just announced they're going to be opening one in Sydney next year. Oh, wow. I'm surprised that they would open one up given the fact of all the beaches. Do, do you prefer Urban Surf over it? Dude, you know what the great... You, well, look, it's it's not cheap, but the thing about Urban Surf is you know you're going to get waves. Yeah, that's true. Right? You, you book an hour and you, get, you, you are exhausted because you are continuously <laughs> paddling... And you're getting wave after wave after wave. It's actually, dude, it's it's actually epic. It's mental. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. I've definitely been out and you're waiting for hours for something and it's competitive. Yeah, and, and let's be honest, you're sitting in the lineup at bloody Coogee or wherever you're trying to get a wave and there's a thousand dudes there and you're getting dropped in on and then the waves are crap and then the wind changes yeah. and you're sitting there going, what am I doing here? I should be in the beer garden over there <laughs> smashing steaks on the barbecue. Yeah, I've got to say, I think you've you've manufactured it so that there's guaranteed success. Now, do you want any cameos, like any famous surfers or anyone that you want to go surfing with in the afternoon? Well, I am I am mates with Otis Carey, just to name <laughs> drop. So we'll, we'll get Otis involved. Okay, well, I mean, this could probably happen. This seems like a very realistic, perfect day off. Yeah. Well, I don't, know if my, I don't know if my wife's going to say yes to her involvement, but we'll see. <laughs> that's the only part that's really up in the air. The rest, I, I think, is more or less a home run. I hope so. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. Well, well how are we going to surf with all that yum char and pasta in my stomach? Well, I don't know. The beauty of your perfect day off is that it just immediately evaporates. So you get the nourishment, you feel satisfied, but you can go for a surf and you feel fine. You're not going to sink to the bottom of the, uh, to the waves. Yeah, I, I dig it. I dig it. I've, have you been surfing uh, for a while? Oh, uh, yeah, since we're kids. Yeah, it's it's a great thing to get into. I think very Australian thing to do too. Uh, yeah, well, it's it's um, just you and the ocean, you know. It's, uh, it's, I, I find it's very cathartic. Yeah, it is a very calm thing to do. I mean, you grew up all over the world. Were you surfing when you were overseas as well? No, no, no. So that was just my primary school years, and then we came back, and then we went to Perth. And, uh, and, and that was where it sort of began, was Perth. Yeah, that's great. And I guess I should have asked earlier, in terms of getting into music, did you always know? Because I know that you you were a, a teacher for a period. Did you always know that uh, music is where you wanted to end up? Uh, yeah, so oh, not really. I mean, I I finished school and I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. You know, as I said, I went to Kmart and then I went and worked at um, there for a bit. And, then I, and I started sort of playing in cover bands when I was at uni doing teaching and, and then I mean, I always played music. I always played guitar and sang and choirs and stuff at school. And um, yeah, I guess that was just the next step. Was I started writing songs, and all of a sudden, it was like, well, you know, maybe I'll make a record. And it just, it yeah. just sort of just happened. It was never really. I don't think it was ever really like a. I'm going to be a singer in a band, or I'm going to get signed, or I'm going to. You know, it just sort of evolved. Yeah, I mean, it's worked out pretty well so far, I'd say. Well, I'm not in Centrelink at the minute, so. Uh, <laughs> Not yet. All right. Well, let me recap your uh, perfect sick day to you and you can let me know how it sounds. So you start off the day in your worst job, uh, warehouse at Kmart, where they ask you to put things via color and you're colorblind. So it's pretty terrible. But thankfully, uh, you have 
uh, fire burning diarrhea from buffalo wings you ate the night before. Uh, so you're getting out of work for today. Um, and to start off the day, you've got the Black Crows and they are playing Jealous again. Uh, this could be in the lead up to the concert uh, with Aerosmith as well. Who knows? Maybe you're backstage watching them sing it. And then we've got your meal. So you've got Secret Kitchen where you're having some delicious yum chart. Then you go to Papa Gino's, get the Papa Gino's special pizza. From there, you're going to Stalactites Greek where you get mixed gyros, dolmades, saganaki. But it's not, it's not over yet. You're then having afternoon tea at Vlado's, Vlado's Steakhouse, where you're getting the steak and the greens. You don't want any carbs there because after that, you have to go to the Crown Casino. You're starting off with the sushi, moving to the seafood, and then all of the meat before you go to the dessert bar. And that's, that's your meals. Thankfully, it magically evaporates. So in the afternoon, you might visit your wife quickly, uh, have, some, uh, have an afternoon delight. Uh, but after that, you're going to urban surf with Otis Carey to have an hour of blissful surfing. How does that sound for your perfect day off? Mate, I'm not going to lie, it sounds reasonably good. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds pretty great. It's not terrible, is it? No, it sounds sounds pretty food And heavy. you know, the only other thing that we haven't put in there, mm. I'm going to need an hour and a half to just watch the highlights of the 2023 Grand Final, 2022 <laughs> Grand Final. Watching so, the Geelong just, Grand Final, yeah, that makes just, sense. Yeah, you don't want to see Robin Williams in, at the beginning. You just want to see the highlights of Geelong scoring like 150 well, I, points or whatever Robbie, it was. Robbie Williams was very good, but yes, I want to see the Cats. <laughs> I want to see the Cats beat the Swans like an unloved stepchild. That is, that's a very good way to end the day, I would say, after a surf. Sounds yep, perfect. Absolutely. Let's do that. Well, Scott, we are so excited uh, for your tour that is happening now. We're excited for the release of the album in October. Thank you so much for yep. joining us on Chucking a Sickie. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Matt. I really appreciate it. Well, there you have it. The perfect sick day for Scott Darlow. So much food, five meals in one, and each so carefully chosen and different. And what a combination. I'm also so curious about this urban surfing. Definitely going to have to check that one out. Make sure to see Scott in one of his upcoming shows all across Australia and grab his latest album, Deadly Heart, when it comes out on the 27th of October. A link to his show's are in the description below. Make sure, as always, to rate, review, subscribe, do all the things. Follow us on Instagram as well, Chucking a Sickie Podcast, and join us next week for another perfect day off on Chucking a Sickie.